And I don't know if anyone is in need of this scripture today, but I tell you what, I think we'll all be there at some point. So here we go. It says this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Amen? Amen. Grab a seat. Grab a seat. Welcome home, everyone. So glad that you're joining us. We're getting the message started just a little bit late. I'm going to do my best to keep everything on time, but if not, too bad, okay? (laughs) Your kids are having a great time upstairs, and uh, okay. Hey, just a couple quick things. It was my boy's birthday on Friday. He's eight. If you see him, give him a big high five. Okay, say, hey, hey, big boy. Happy birthday, Ford. Um, We had a great time with some friends, and it was just so neat to see your kids grow, isn't it? So cool. Another quick thing to celebrate real quick, and I want to make sure I'm doing the right math on this, but it is my mom and dad's anniversary today. 46 years? 46 years young on these two. I can't even imagine. I just appreciate you two so much, and I'm just so grateful for the, um, for the way that you've modeled marriage and the way that you've modeled parenting, and just so grateful that you guys got hitched, and now I'm here because of it. So... So anyway, if you see them, give them a big congratulations as well. All right, you good? Everyone's ready? Okay. We're on week two. Week two, talking about the good life God has for us, specifically in finding the good life through the practice and priority of rest. And the word for this, the churchy word for rest, is Sabbath. Sabbath. And we're talking about rest and Sabbath out of all the other things we could talk about at the beginning of a new year for three primary reasons. Number one, first and foremost, we're talking about rest because God tells us to rest. We see it first in Exodus chapter 20, but it's actually a command that's tethered all the way back to the very beginning of creation when God first modeled this priority of rest. Exodus 20, check it out. God says through Moses, he says, Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for ordinary work, for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your livestock, and any foreigners living among you. For six days, the Lord made the heavens the earth, the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day, he rested. That is why the Lord blesses the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. So that's first. God tells us to rest. He commands it. And while we, as followers of Jesus, are are no longer under the curse of the law or the burden of the law, meaning that our obedience to this law has nothing to do with our salvation, has nothing to do with the good standing that we have with God, Meaning, not resting isn't directly a sin, okay? It's also important to remember that the God of the universe, who has no lack, this God is infinite and without equal. When he was establishing the best life can be on earth, when he was creating the good life, he connected it to his own practice of work and rest. 
God rested when he didn't need to, to show us the best way to be human. So again, that's first, okay? We rest because the God of rest told us to. Cool. Second, we're talking about rest because Jesus, who is God, he invites us into rest. So God the Father tells us to do it. Jesus invites us into it. As Christians, again, following Jesus, which is our mission as a church, following Jesus together, it's our job to obey the teachings of Jesus. Amen. But even more so, friends, it is our responsibility to imitate his way of life to adopt his lifestyle, to live like he did. That's literally what it means to be a Christian. In the first century, they called people Christians because they looked like little Jesuses, little Christs. This is what it means to be a Christian. And guess what? Jesus practiced rest too. Jesus practiced the rest that the Father commanded in Exodus 20. He lived within the rhythm of Sabbath. And as our authority, he directly connected our faithfulness to him our spiritual maturity to him in our ability to find rest in him. And we find it in Matthew chapter 11. We read this last week, kind of a big passage for us. It'll be on the screen. It says this. It says, Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Verse 30, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus invites us into rest and he says, he says, follow me and you will find the good life. You will find a lifestyle, a yoke that is easy to bear because my burden is light. My lifestyle is light. Come to me and I will give you rest. Isn't that amazing? What a gift from God. But why do you think out of all the things that God could offer or invite or command us to do, why is rest from the very beginning at the top of his list? Anyone ever wonder? I mean, he could have said, I was thinking about some extreme examples. Jesus could have come and he could have said, come to me, let me rule over you because I am all powerful and I will make you superheroes to go crush my enemies. He could have also said something like, come to me, take my yoke upon you so I can put you to work to do all the stuff that I don't want to do. He could have said anything through this invitation to the world. He's God, but no, instead, Jesus, he calls us, he calls out to us, and he invites us to follow him to find rest and peace. Why? Why is rest so important to God, the God who literally loved us to death? Well, this is number three. He invites us into rest because we need it. So if you're taking notes, it's because the Father commands it, Jesus invites us into it, and he, they do this because we need it. And he, it's not that we need it just as a respite from exhaustion. No, we need a sustainable rhythm of rest to truly experience the best life can be. And why? If you're taking notes, it all comes down to this. We need rest because God made us to need rest. Think about that for a second. We need rest because God made us this way. He made us on purpose to live for more than just doing things, to live for more than just producing and production. You were created for more than just work. You were formed by God to be like him. And who is he? He's the God who took a day off. Think about it. He is the God who took a day off, who stopped and called it good. And this is the scheduled lifestyle of heaven we see in the scriptures. 
It's reflected in creation, commanded in law, and extended by Jesus when he says, come, let me show you the good life. And so again, we need it because God made us this way. We were designed to work hard, no doubt. But he made us to do it his way. We were designed to work hard and call it good, and this is the path to rest. Still, the good life that we've been looking at, the good life of rest, we can't argue with it, the Sabbath lifestyle, but still it can be really easy to neglect for any number of reasons. It can be really easy to forget or to get too occupied or, or just to ignore, especially with the pace and expectation of our world today that idolizes achievement, productivity, and hustle as we trade the good life of rest for the blur of, do you remember, good but busy. We trade the good life of rest for the blur of good but busy. And we've all been there in different seasons at different times for different reasons. I know for me, most of my adult life has been pretty good but busy. Once I kind of grew out of my slumbering teens where I would sleep until noon, I, I, I existed pretty consistently in a lifestyle of busyness where I would jump from one thing to the next to the next, and I liked it. I liked being busy because busyness kept me busy. It kept me moving forward and dreaming and achieving. It, it kept me reaching for what's next and growing and expanding. And yeah, life was good and it was exciting and it was busy. And I knew at times, friends, I knew at times that this would eventually catch up to me. I knew that, that in the midst of some stressful moments that my pace was probably unsustainable at times. I needed to figure out a way to slow down, but I had a hard time turning it off. Does that make sense? I think some of it was that I didn't know who I would be if I wasn't busy, I almost felt guilty stopping to take a break. And it's not like my work defined me on a heart level, but there were still some things, you know, that I kind of like saw myself in what I did. And so I would fall, kind of fall back into this pace of busyness. And, and when I was young, it did, wasn't really an issue because it was just me being busy. You know, being tired, being busy, being tired. But when I got married and when I had kids, things started to change, right? Because it wasn't just me anymore. And, I, and who I was and what I did didn't just affect me. My busyness was now projected on my family too. And I didn't, I didn't really understand really that this was a problem until one day a couple years ago, my sweet daughter, who's by the way turning six this Friday, how cool is that? She's so sweet. We moved here, she was three. And now she's turning six. So this moment, we were all at home and she was drawing on the kitchen table and I peeked over and I saw that she was drawing a family picture, and maybe some of you have heard this before, but she was drawing this family picture, and there was Ford, and there was, there was River, and there was Mama, and there was Daddy, and it was so adorable, because she's little, and she's drawing, you know, big, like, not really, it doesn't really look like people, you know what I mean? It just kind of looks like whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, but we still say it's cute, because they're cute, right? Amen. And so I was there, and we, I was looking at this thing, thinking, oh, it's so beautiful, and then and then I noticed that there was something in, in my hand in the picture, and, it, and I was like, River, this is so beautiful, but what, what's, what, are you, what am I holding? And he, she, said, she said, Daddy, you're holding your phone. Guys, she drew the family with me holding my phone. Why would she do this? Because this is what she saw. She drew it because this is what she saw from me. I was on my phone. A lot, and it's not that she doubted my love for her because she knew that I would do anything for her, but 
in real life, stopping work was hard for me. And even then, when I was done, when I was off the clock, there have been so many moments that I still wasn't available. And I don't know if you've ever been there, where you're there, but you're not really there. You know, you're in the room, but you're not really present. See, this is why we have this command and this invitation to rest, because we need it. Without it, we are unable to fulfill our greatest commandment, which is to love God and to love people. We were formed to be fruitful and to multiply. God made us special, yeah, to get stuff done, to go and work hard and to make sense of the world, but he made us to do it like he did, to work, to stop, to call it good, and to rest. And this is the Sabbath in the way of Jesus. And so with all that said, I just wanna talk practically, speak practically, um, about how we can actually get some of this done. Because last week we talked about this Hebrew word of rest, and it actually came down to two different words, the Hebrew definition for rest, and it came down, and you'll see it on the screen. We have, we have the first word, which is Shabbat, which means to literally stop. This is where we get the word Sabbath from. And then we have the second word, which, uh, which is nuach, which means to settle or to be present. And so the, the challenge I left you with last week, if you remember, was if, that if you want to take the first step into the good life of rest, you have to schedule your stops. You have to schedule your stopping points. Otherwise, you'll just keep going, whether it's scrolling Netflix or taking on a new project. You have to schedule your stops. Put it in your calendar. Turn off your phone. Unplug your computer. Do whatever you have to do to schedule your stop, your Shabbat. Well, today, I want to focus on the second definition um, for how to really make the most of your stopping. So actually, when you stop, that you'd actually be able to settle into a moment of rest. Today, we're talking about nuach. Can you say that with me? Nuwak. I know it's kind of an interesting word, and you're all kind of like, what, am I going to say it weird? Just say it with me real quick. Nuwak. One more time. Nuwak. And, I t- and I, I, we're talking about nuwak because I tell you what, even when I stop, I still have a hard time feeling settled. I was talking with you last week, Stephanie, and you were like, even when I stop, I have a hard time settling. Amen, right? Amen. I think about all the stuff that I could do. I think about all the stuff I have to do. I think about all the stuff that I want to do or want to buy. I think about the options for today, but I also think about the unknowns for tomorrow. All the what-ifs. Anyone ever get wrapped up in the unknowns of life? I was telling the team earlier, like when we first got married um, and I was filing taxes for the first time, joint taxes, at the time I had a, a rental house and, <laughs> and I forgot when we were filing our taxes to like submit the rental income in my taxes and I, and I woke up in the middle of the night terrified. What if, what might happen if they realize I didn't submit this income on my taxes and every siren I heard I thought was the FBI about to break down my door, okay? <laughs> we get wrapped up in the unknowns. We get wrapped up in the what-ifs. We get so wrapped up, and I tell you what, my brain just keeps going, even if my body's still. So what can we do? Well, if you want to grow in your ability to be settled in your rest, in your stopping, it all comes down to what we read in our opening scripture. I just want to read it to you one more time. This is from Philippians chapter 4. It's the Apostle Paul. And and just a little context for this, this scripture, he was actually writing it from prison. You want to pop that up there real quick for me, Tessa? Think about this first verse for a second. Don't worry about anything as he's writing from a Roman cell. How about that? Some context for what it means to to really settle into a rhythm of rest. 
And so this is it, one more time. Rome, uh, Philippians 4, starting in verse 6. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what's true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me do. Then the God of peace will be with you. If you want to be present in your rest, three things. And you're going to take a note to write these down. Three things. You need to pray about everything. You need to fix your thoughts, and you put it into practice. If you want to settle into rest, and not just stop, but really be present in these moments of recreation as God is trying to recreate you, you need to pray about everything, you need to fix your thoughts, and you need to put it into practice. Let's just start with pray about everything. First step, pray about what? Everything. Pray about everything. What isn't in everything? Nothing. Thank you, Walter. Everything is in everything. Now, what does this mean? It means as you schedule your Sabbath, it doesn't mean that you have to just sit around, close your eyes, fold your hands, and pray in the quiet all day. Okay? This is not what we're talking about. But rather, what it's implying is that in your time of stopping, that you would actively acknowledge and welcome God's presence into it. Now, what does this mean? Let me explain. Because as crazy as this sounds, God wants to be included in your life. He does, for real, and there's nothing off limits. The only true God of creation and salvation who was and is to, is to come, like this God wants to be included in your life, in your work, and in your rest, to be welcomed in your Sabbath and in your settling. And he is, and as he is, friends, as he is welcomed into your everyday, as you bring him into your life, verse six says, as you pray about everything and tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done, as you talk to him and acknowledge him and turn to him with your options for today and your unknowns for tomorrow, as you welcome him, friends, God wants to settle you. He doesn't want you to settle for lesser things. He wants to settle you to bring peace to your heart and mind, and he will, verse seven says, tell God what you need, thank him for what he has done, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ, and this is it. As you pray about everything, as you welcome him into your life with no compartments, as you invite God into your story and your daily life, he will help your, you see your life through a different lens. He'll help you see options and unknowns in light of eternity, and he will help you know what to hold on to and what to let go of so you can finally settle into rest. This is what God does. This is the promise we have in Philippians 4, that as we pray about everything, as we thank him for all that he has done, then we will experience the peace that transcends understanding. I kind of see it like this, and this might be a terrible illustration. If it is, forgive me for it later. Prayer is kind of like having a super rich dad, okay? Just a super rich dad who loves you to death and always wants to talk. And so when you're trying to make sense of life, you know, your next steps, 
whether you want to buy a house or a car, you're trying to figure out how to manage family or relationship drama, and you, you just can't seem to figure out driving you nuts, what do you do? Give them a call. You give them a call and you say what? What do I do? You bring the situation to him, and with all of his wisdom and love and resource and availability, he can help you see the situation with fresh eyes. This is what prayer does. Now, now multiply that moment times like 10 billion infinity, where instead of a rich dad, you're literally bringing your options and your unknowns and your whole life before the creator of the universe. The entire universe who came to earth as a human being died on your behalf so you could be in right relationship to talk. This is now your reality. Now just imagine what peace might come from your good father in heaven, the richest dad ever who has no lack, contains infinite wisdom and resource. Are you tracking? This is what it means to pray about everything. It's just to bring your life before God and to welcome him into your story. Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he has done. Bring your whole life before the Lord in submission to his way, his direction, his advice, his wisdom, and his authority as you, let, as you let him lead you into the good life. Because listen, God knows the way to the good life for you. This is what we see in verse seven. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And that's the first step to experiencing true rest in your stopping, the new walk in the Shabbat. You gotta bring your whole life to God in prayer. Cool. Now, practically, what does this look like? So let's say you stop. You stop, you've scheduled your time to rest, and you're in it. Your phone is in the other room. Everything is done. Food is being delivered, but, but your brain is still running. Okay? And you're it's going to all sorts of stressful places, because this is just what happens, right? So you got your stop. You're still thinking about why there was that weird smell when you were driving on the 210, right? Like, is it my tires? Is it someone else's tires? You know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these unknowns. So what do you do? Well, the first, second step comes in. As you pray about everything, second step is you gotta fix your thoughts. You gotta fix your thoughts. Verse eight. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what? On what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Let me give you that list one more time for all the people that wrestle through the options and the unknowns, okay? Fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, on what is right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about the things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Friends, we need to focus our thoughts on the realities of heaven, not the struggles of earth, the unknowns of our lives. We, we can't always control what comes, right? But what we can do is fix our thoughts on the right things. And I know this is super tough, especially in the options, in the unknowns. I know that this is a challenge for us in our daily life, but God has given us everything we need through the power of the Holy Spirit to settle into his peace, amen? amen. To really be present in rest. It's not just enough. Let me say this. It's not just enough to empty your mind. It's not just enough to just not think about the stresses, the options, and the unknowns. And Paul is saying you need to fill your mind with peace. You need to fill your mind with what's true and honorable, right and pure, lovely and admirable. You need to be thinking about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. To think about the good things and to be grateful for what comes to mind. So, 
because I know this is a challenge, I actually put together a little, um, a little resource card to help you with this practice. You probably see them around your chair. Can you pick one up? So many quarter sheets you're getting during this series, okay? Pick it up, wave it around. I saw a couple fans necessary in here. It feels good, doesn't it? Sometimes it's, it's hard to think true. It's hard to think right and pure in the middle of stress and busyness. And so I came up with a few questions to process to help you fix your thoughts. I just want to go through them real quick with you. They should be on the screen. First, as you're in the midst of the unknowns and the options, revert back to some of these questions. What made me smile today? So we're thinking about Philippians 4. What made me smile today? What beauty did I see today? How did someone help me today? How did I experience love today? How did I make progress? What did I make progress on today? And what made me feel most alive? So here's my encouragement. Take this card. You can take a picture of it, make it a wallpaper on your phone, on your computer, whatever. And at dinner, at lunch, in bed before you turn out the lights, as your mind starts to wander, just read through it and answer these questions. Then during your scheduled stop, which I know everyone is scheduling their stop on their calendar, right? For your Sabbath for the week, I just encourage you to go through them again. Write down your thoughts. Share them with a friend. Talk about it with your family, whatever works for you. Last night, as, as we were kind of working through the uh, post-birthday party, uh, and, like tensions or like fun stresses for my eight-year-old, I, I just, we sat down as a family in the living room and I said, hey, hey Ford, what made you smile today? And it's amazing how, how the temperature of the room cools and calms when you start to think about the things that, that God has done in your life. So what beauty did you see? What did, how did you, ex I asked them, how did you experience love today? And these are, these are simple questions. And, and listen, I understand that it's probably gonna be a discipline at first to remember the good or th that you've seen or experienced. But the more you remember the good, friends, the more you'll be able to see the good and take every option, every unknown, every rest-preventing, stressful thought captive for the glory of God. So if you're gonna think about something, fix your thoughts on what is good, on what is true. And this is our second step. You gotta pray about everything, then you gotta fix your thoughts on the realities of heaven. And finally, we're almost done, y'all. You gotta put into practice. Now, what does this mean? What did Paul mean from prison as he was writing the Philippians? He's saying you actually have to do this stuff. Guys, if you want to experience rest, this can't remain wishful thinking or theoretical in the back of your mind anymore. If you want to find the rest that God wants most for you, it has to, you have to be present in the stopping. You have to put into practice all that you've learned and received. You have to do these things. If you want to experience the good life, then you actually have to put these things into practice. And I know this is challenging, I get that. But Paul says you, every, he says you have to put everything that you heard from me and everything you saw me doing, you gotta do it too because then the God of peace will be with you. I think so often, like we want the peace but we don't wanna do the work, you know? We want the rest but we don't wanna settle down. It's almost like if only we could just add two extra hours to our life, then I would rest. No, you would just fill those hours with more things. This is a discipline, this is a step that we actually have to, we actually have to put these things into practice to pray about everything, to thank God, and then to think about the good things. If you want to experience the new walk that God has for you, it's in the practice, 
It's in the Shabbat, it's in the stopping and the settling, it's in the scripture and the spirit that you'll experience the good life God has for you. So we have to put it to practice. And as we close today, I just kind of want to leave it there. We've got two more weeks kind of wrestling through this conversation about, about rest. Um, and so I don't want to rush anything, and I know that, that we, we're kind of running a little out of time. Not that I'm afraid to keep you here. I can keep you here as long as I want. But, <laughs> but here, this is, this is just it. As we kind of wrap today, as we're, we've got a lot of things on our mind, got a lot of things on our plate. I'm sure a lot of us have stuff to do as we think about the next week. Um, I think about We've got a, a, a six-year-old's birthday party coming up, right? We've got dinners with friends that are amazing. We've got all these things, and that's still daily life. We've got to drive the kids to school. You know what I mean? we all got stuff. And then we still, even last night, y'all, I was so dumb last night. I was sitting, like, I was waiting for Becca, um, and I, I, get, I get into bed, I'm thinking, oh, I'm just going to chill out a little bit, right? So I turn on the TV, and what do I do? I, like, I look through Netflix literally for 30 minutes looking for something to watch, to just chill out with. I'm preaching about this stuff, y'all, and I'm doing it. I'm, I'm ridiculous sometimes, but th- listen, I understand. This is, what, this is hard to truly find the rest that God has for us. It is. And I know that even some of you, you might be even thinking like, man, I, I, I wonder like if, if any of you are thinking like how un- that this is just unnecessary. Last week, I, I talked to a number of you, and you were like, oh, some of you are like, hey, no, this sounds cool. And, and some of you were like, oh, I need this. And others were like, oh, it sounds like you're really busy, David. You know, like, I get that. But it's my prayer, really, that, that you would put these things into practice. The things that you've heard from me and saw modeled in creation and the sun through invitation, that you would, in the coming weeks, schedule rest into your life. It can be an hour. It can be two. It can be three. It could be the whole day. I don't know. Get out your calendar. Schedule time, bring your friends and family into it, and then work through some of these questions together. And just see what happens to help fix your thoughts on what is good. And you might settle into rest with God and others. And so, again, I know that some of you might be thinking this is unnecessary. You're like, I'm good, I got a high capacity, so do I. I don't need rest, I gotta get stuff done. I know, I know, I know, I get it. I'm not your babysitter either, okay? I'm not here to tell you to go to bed. I'm just bringing before you I'm bringing before you what God says will lead you to the best life you can live. That's it. And so in the next week, guys, even in the midst of the stuff, the good work that I get to do on God's behalf, even in the midst of all the other things that are coming up, I'm gonna schedule some rest. And you know what? And I'm gonna work through these questions every day, and I'm gonna remember the good of today so I might see the good of tomorrow. Does that make sense? And again, like, don't, don't keep this stuff to yourself. Don't do it to just obey me or God. This is a gift for you. This lifestyle invitation is a gift for you to embrace. So don't keep this to yourself. Let's do it together. Let's schedule some stopping, you know? Like, um, Nathaniel, we're hanging out on Thursday, right? Schedule some stopping, right? Let's make it happen. Let's be present in these moments. Let's do it together, eat some food together, laugh, smile, play games together, stop being productive, and take a collective deep breath as we settle into this good life that we were made for. Does that sound good? I know some of you might be on the fence still, but just give it to me. Say yes, amen, amen, amen. Hey, I wanna pray for you, and then we're gonna hit the road, and you can head out into the lobby and hang out with Zach and Misha and learn a little bit more about what they're gonna do, but um, 
I just wanna pray for you, and then I'm gonna just commission you with a benediction, and then we're gonna hit the road. But so grateful that we get to be together, amen? That we can be a family and talk through this life that God has for us. So let's pray, and then we can go. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we believe you're real, that you're good, you love us, and you lead to peace. Peace both now and also peace everlasting. God, we know that your lifestyle that you have established, it doesn't earn us good, you know, good favor with you. It doesn't earn us eternity in heaven, God. But really what it does is it allows us to start heaven sooner. As we step into this way, this culture, this, these patterns and, and lifestyle of heaven, God, we ask that you would just call us again to say, come, let me give you rest. Come to me, let me teach you. Take my yoke upon you. Jesus, we know that sometimes like, it's easy to, to just be like, oh, I can't do this, I'm too busy. God, we ask that you would just fix our thoughts as we pray about, as we bring our whole life before you, God, we ask that you would just fix our thoughts, that we'd be able to see the time, that we'd be able to see the stop in our schedule and choose to be present as we fix our thoughts on what is true and good pure and excellent and praiseworthy, God. We ask that you would just give us the courage to schedule our stop again, that we'd be able to take a deep breath as a family, as friends, and just enjoy the good life that you've given us. God, you've called us to be different, set apart, holy in this world. God, you don't want us to live burned out, stress-induced lives. You want us to, you want us to be able to enjoy this, these days and so, God, we ask that you would just, again, continue to call us and lead us and be present with us as we choose to be present with you as we go. And so, Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. And we all said.